Hey everyone, it's George from Blockchain DXP and today is the 16th of November 2022. Now in today's episode, we're going to be discussing a massive news from New York and the Federal Reserve Bank of New York has launched a 12-week wholesale CBDC pilot program and this is just in a test phase. And look guys, once CBDCs become mainstream, I do feel that they will pose a severe threat for cryptocurrencies and Bitcoin and I do feel that they might pose a very serious threat to stable coins. So it's going to be really interesting to see in 2023 how the USDT or Binance USDC react to it. So 2023 onwards is going to be all about central bank digital currencies. Now look guys, because of the FTX collapse, there was a lot of hype about decentralized exchange. And the good news is Uniswap, which is a decentralized exchange, has reached a 2022 high. And self-custody and transparency are in demand and we need to thank Sam Bankman Freed for that. Because of the FTX collapse, Uniswap became the second largest exchange after Binance for Ethereum trading since the last 24 hours. So there's definitely a lot of positive things because of the FTX collapse. And the whole idea of proof of keys is still absolutely relevant. And in today's episode, we're also going to be discussing the impact on hardware wallets that is Treasure and Ledger. And they have reached new heights only because of the collapse of FTX. So there are a couple of positives that we need to take because of the FTX collapse. Now in today's episode, we're also going to be discussing two massive news for Binance. And both the news have to do with FIFA World Cup. And the FIFA World Cup kickstarts on the 20th of this month. And there is a massive partnership with none other than the greatest of all time, Cristiano Ronaldo. And apart from that, Chili's has also partnered with Binance and they have a football fever 2022 and up to $1 million worth of rewards and exclusive prizes are up for grabs. So we're going to be talking about that in today's episode. So today's episode, we're going to be talking about the positive things that could potentially happen because of the FTX collapse. And regarding UAE, I have two news and both the news are an event that I tend to conduct every month at Blockchain DXV. And the first event is a central bank digital currency event and I'm going to be discussing the basics, the threats to freedom and its role in the metaverse. And this event takes place on the 9th of December and on the 9th of December, there is another event that I conduct every month. It is called as PESTEL R Analysis on Bitcoin. So PESTEL R stands for Political, Economical, Social, Technological, Legal, Environmental, Religious Analysis on Bitcoin. I'll tend to do that for stablecoins and quite a lot of other because it does provide a macro level screenshot of what is happening in the industry. So today we have quite a lot to cover. So welcome everyone, it's Aitim Yoran in Dubai and you're listening to Crypto and Coffee at 8 where we cover top news and information pertaining to Bitcoin, Blockchain, Beyond Blockchain, Cryptocurrencies, NFTs, DeFi and Metaverse. And of the series of episodes in the Crypto and Coffee at 8 works is, we usually cover some top news and information pertaining to the price of cryptocurrencies, some major breaking news, occasionally short and sweet news as well. News that has an impact in the cryptocurrency world. The other two news and information is related to Dubai, UAE and Middle East in the world of Bitcoin, blockchain, beyond blockchain, cryptocurrencies, NFTs, DeFi and Metaverse. And this is followed by Ask Me Anything series where you listeners can ask any questions from the cryptocurrency world. And every Fridays we have an episode called Metaverse Everything where we solely focus on Metaverse. So please check out those episodes as well. And this Friday guys, I'm also going to be releasing a standalone episode on central bank digital currencies. And this Friday, I'm going to be releasing quite a lot of episodes, a Metaverse-related podcast, 
a central bank digital currency podcast and most likely an interview with one of the top executives from a leading cryptocurrency exchange in Dubai. And that's what I tend to do is I tend to publish a daily and weekly report via my LinkedIn profile. So please follow me on LinkedIn. My LinkedIn profile is in the show notes below. Now before we kickstart today's episode, I have an important message. So check this out. Firstly guys, Startup OI is global one tech platform for tech. It offers global high paying tech jobs with flexibility in working time and location, global free tech events and tech networks to connect with global like-minded engineers. A brilliant platform to listen to the tech experts in Metaverse and to grab their insights. Now listen, all you have to do is download the app Startup OI. If you're using an Android version, go to Google Store an app store for iOS devices. Alternatively, you can also click on the show notes below to download Startup OI. Next, guys, listen, if you're into fitness, if you're into adventure, if you want to do something wild but still want to keep your health in check, there is a new podcast in town, a podcast focusing on obstacle course race in the Middle East. The podcast is called Rise in the Obstacle Course Race. And Rise in the Obstacle Course Race podcast is a peer-to-peer community-driven podcast where they talk all about obstacle course race in the Middle East, from sandstorm to Spartan race, from tough mother to desert warrior challenge, and also the government gov games, and quite a lot more. The podcast has interviews with athletes locally and internationally to get inside scoop on how athletes prepare for obstacle course race. In the podcast, they also talk about interesting stories on why they are motivated to do obstacle course race. And that's not all. They also plan to release seven NFTs, And these NFTs are no ordinary. These NFTs will represent every emirate in the UAE. And listen guys, these NFTs are going to be absolutely massive. So do one thing, go to Spotify, go to iTunes, go to any leading podcasting platform and search for Rise in the Obstacle Course Race podcast. And finally guys, not your keys, not your crypto. If you have dabbled with cryptocurrencies and now are seriously getting to protect your cryptocurrencies, there is no better way to protect it by using a hardware wallet. And this is where Ledger Wallet kicks in. And Ledger Wallets are hardware cryptocurrency wallets made by Ledger, a company headquartered in Paris, France. And Ledger's hardware wallets are multi-currency wallets that are used to store private keys for cryptocurrencies offline. And Ledger offers two hardware wallets, the Ledger Nano and Ledger Nano X wallets. They are world-class experts with extensive crypto security backgrounds. They continuously look for vulnerabilities in Ledger products in a constant effort to improve the level of security. In today's world, securing these digital assets is a critical challenge. And this is where Ledger kicks in. So click the link below to buy your hardware wallet and support this podcast. It is a brilliant way to support this podcast. So what are you waiting for? The link is in the show notes below. Now since you've taken care of that, let's look at the global cryptocurrency market post the FTH drama. The global cryptocurrency market is at $845.50 billion and since the last 24 hours it has marginally increased by 2.07%. What are your price predictions guys? When does the global cryptocurrency market crosses the $1 trillion mark? And earlier today while I was preparing for my podcast, I did read an article about an attack in Poland by Russia and two Polish people were killed. Now, are we heading towards World War Three? And will there be a nuclear war? I really hope that thing does not happen. And if that thing does happen, I really am not sure what the future of Bitcoin and cryptocurrencies would be. Now, since the last 24 hours, the total crypto market volume has gone down to $65.60 billion. And since the last 24 hours, it has increased by 22.51%. Now, this number is really interesting because in a few minutes, 
I'm also going to be talking about Uniswap, which is a decentralized exchange, and that has seen an uptick in the volume. But before we move on to that, let me talk about DeFi. The total volume in DeFi is currently at $4.01 billion, and the total value locked is $43.54 billion, and make it our console, 15.50%. And $6.75 billion is locked in MakerDAO protocol and DeFi accounts for 5.03% of the total crypto market 24-hour volume. Now this week guys what I'm going to be discussing is the total value locked in DeFi protocol and Lido has $6 billion locked. And in yesterday's podcast I talked about why Lido is taken off from the total value locked when RV is number second at $4.35 billion and Uniswap has $3.83 billion and Curve, which had a terrible last 7 days, is at $3.79 billion and since the last 24 hours it is up by 2.65% but since the last 7 days it is down by 21.43%. Now listen guys, because of the FTX collapse, which was a centralized exchange and in 2014 even Mt. Cox, which was a centralized exchange, collapsed and at that point of time people were under the assumption that Bitcoin would be dead somehow, some way. Bitcoin did manage to survive and because there is a massive threat of a centralized entity and there is possibility of fraud or even hacks, that's one of the reasons why people were talking about decentralized exchanges and since the last 24 hours, Uniswap has overtaken Coinbase as the second largest exchange trading Ethereum. So that is definitely brilliant news. Now the user experience in Uniswap is not as good as Coinbase and I'm not sure if there is any customer service as well. So there is a couple of trade-offs that you need to do. Now look guys, one thing which I often say is, in order for customers to switch from one particular protocol to another, there needs to be 10 times better user experience. If the user experience is not 10x better, people are just not going to switch. So this transfer and increase in the volume of Uniswap might only be temporary. Now think of it, when do you switch a protocol? When was the last time? Have you actually switched to your bank? When was the last time you've actually switched to your email address? It's very unlikely that people will switch from one protocol to another. So this move from centralized exchange to decentralized exchange, unfortunately, might only be temporary. Because in order for a person to switch permanently, there needs to be a 10x improvement. But that being said, at a macro level, we definitely are moving in the right direction. Because decentralized exchanges are the right way to go but do i think that this would be permanent unfortunately not but i definitely am hoping that people do start to use decentralized exchanges in the near future now let's talk about the volume of stable coins the volume of stable coins has also gone down since the last 24 hours and it is at 61.13 billion dollars and tether usdt accounts for 48.93 billion dollars and circle usdc accounts for 3.20 billion dollars and binance usd is at $8.21 billion. Now with central bank digital currencies kicking in and in today's episode I'm also going to be talking about the Federal Reserve Board of New York which is piloting a testing phase for CBDCs. It's going to be really interesting to see how Circle USDC, how Binance BUSD and Tether USDT react. Now the volume of stablecoin accounts for 93.18% of the total crypto market 24 hour volume. Now guys what I really urge you to do is Follow the tweet for Bitfinex, follow the tweet of Circle USDC, and follow the tweet for Binance. And this will give us an indication of how they are reacting to the Fed's news on CBDCs. Now, let's look at the market share. 
24-hour trading volume and dominance between Bitcoin and Ethereum. Now, since the last 24 hours, Bitcoin's market share is marginally gone up and it is still over 50% of that of Ethereum's market share. And it is currently at $323 billion, whereas Ethereum's market share is at $152 billion. The 24-hour trading volume of Bitcoin is $37 billion and Ethereum's 24-hour trading volume is $12 billion. If you look at the dominance, the dominance of Bitcoin and Ethereum has been same for almost three months now. Despite the FTX collapse and despite over $200 billion being wiped off from the global cryptocurrency market, surprisingly, the dominance has been pretty much the same. Now, Bitcoin's dominance is at 38.40% and Ethereum's dominance is at 18.10%. Now, this week, guys, I'm also looking at the privacy coins market cap and Monero is at $2.33 billion. And guys, if you are in Dubai or in UAE, this week, there is a massive event taking place at Crypto with Coffee at Marine Plaza. So go to LinkedIn, look out for Crypto with Coffee. And a couple of good friends of mine are organizing that event. And trust me, it is, if not, one of the best events so far as privacy calls are concerned. And it is sponsored by Cake Wallet as well. So a definite must. Now, the market cap of Monero is $2.33 billion. And the second one is Zcash, which has drastically increased since the last 24 hours at $636 million, followed by Decred, which is at $282 million, and Mask Network is at $202 million, and followed by Harmony, which is at $182 million. One thing which I've noticed since the FTX collapse is that the market cap of privacy funds did shot extremely high. So could it be possible that Sam Bankman-Fried and his associates did actually transfer funds to privacy-preserving protocols now let's look at the king of all kings, that is Bitcoin. Bitcoin is currently at $16,866 and since the last 24 hours it is marginally up by 2.98%. Since the last 7 days though it is down by 9.18%. Ethereum is at $1,246 and since the last 24 hours it is up by 2.23%. Since the last 7 days it is down by 5.71%. And regarding Ethereum, guys, I'm just trying to recollect the name of the person who did actually predict that the price of Ethereum would touch $100,000 by December of 2022. I'm trying to recollect who the name is, but in case you guys do remember, please mention them in the comments below. Don't forget $100,000. You're barely on the verge of crossing $1,500 most likely by December. Now, going back to Binance, now looking at the price of Binance coin, it is at $200. And $75 since the last 24 hours, it is up by 0.25%. Since the last 7 days, it is down by 12.85%. Now guys, the massive news that I'm going to be talking about today is about a project by the Federal Reserve Bank of New York. And they have launched a 12-week central bank digital currency pilot program with major banking giants such as BNY Mellon, Citi, US Bank, HSBC, MasterCard, PNC Bank, Trust, Wells Fargo's and quite a lot of other and you need to understand that they will be issuing tokens and settling transactions through simulated central bank reserves as part of the pilot. Now this is only a trial period and a 12-week proof of concept pilot for central bank digital currencies is in play. Now what I really recommend you guys to do is go to the Federal Reserve Bank of New York website, read through the article. The article is just one page long. Now, one thing to remember, guys, is the findings of the pilot project 
will be released after it concludes. So most likely by the first quarter of 2023 is when we are going to get details of how this thing turned out to be. And last month, guys, I also talked about a multiple CBDC project where the UAE Central Bank was also involved. And they also did a pilot project. And if I understand correctly, they did transfers for $22 million. So Central Bank Digital Currencies are going to be the talk in 2023. And look, guys, I've been in the Bitcoin and cryptocurrency space since 2013. And 2013 to 15, it was all about Bitcoin. It was all about Internet of Money. It was all about computer money. 2015 to 16, people started talking about blockchain, not Bitcoin. And gosh, 2016 to 2017, before the ICO craze, that's where you could hear a lot of competing protocols to Ethereum were being developed. So you had Ethereum, and I believe at that point of time, there was also a project called as Kronos. So in 2016, Ethereum was termed as the first world computer. And I do understand it was Kronos, which was called as the first supercomputer, where they wanted to develop a lot of scientific projects, but it looks like the project has disappeared. In 2017, it was all about the ICO craze. 2018 and 19, it was all about DeFi. And guys, one thing which I've often said in my podcast earlier in this year is in 2018 and 19, all the talks were about DeFi protocols, liquidity, yield farming, and quite a lot more. But unfortunately, all that news seems to have disappeared and that thing has been taken over by NFTs. NFTs has been a massive talk followed by Metaverse and ever since Facebook changed its name from Facebook to Meta, all the news that I see is about Metaverse. And one of the reasons guys why I decided to have the name Metaverse everything is because every news that I see was about Metaverse so deciding on the name was really easy and that's one of the reasons why my Friday's podcast is called as Metaverse everything. But going back to central bank digital currencies in 2023 and most likely in the second half of 2023, you're definitely going to be seeing a lot of news regarding central bank digital currencies. And I do feel that we might be finding a lot of LinkedIn experts within the span of three months talking everything about CBDCs. But we at Blockchain DXP do have an event on the 9th of December called the Central Bank Digital Currencies, The Basics, Threats to Freedom and its Role in the Metaverse, which I'll be explaining in detail what I'm going to be talking about. Now listen to this, guys. A central bank that makes the source code of central bank digital currencies open source, builds it on an open blockchain protocol, let's say like Ethereum or Cardano or EOS, and implements zero-knowledge proof, could be an end game for Bitcoin and cryptocurrencies. But the biggest impact of central bank digital currencies, I feel, would be on stable coins such as Tether USDT, Circle USDC, Binance USDC. So it's going to be really interesting to see how these companies react to the news of central bank digital currencies. And apart from that, I do feel that Ripple or XRP will be heavily impacted by central bank digital currencies. Now look guys, if a central bank does make the source code open, builds it on an open blockchain and implements zero-knowledge proof, I do think that would have a massive impact. But there are two problems associated with that. That is the block size. And it's going to be really expensive. But a central bank or a government can easily manage the expense because they are printing money. And what they can do is, let's say if managing zero-knowledge proof for central bank digital currencies is expensive, they can print the excess money or they could just delete it from their database. It's just simple as that. Now, this might sound funny and strange, but 
It is true, and banks can actually do that, and governments in the past have done that. Now, regarding the block size, what a central bank can actually do is they can make sure that the banks acts as validator node. Now, one thing to note is the banks will only be updating these transactions and not approving these transactions. Now, listen, guys, what I'm going to be doing is this Friday, I'm going to be releasing an episode on central bank digital currencies. So, in that episode, I'm going to be explaining what is central bank digital currencies. I'm going to be sharing information on how central bank digital currencies work. I'm going to be sharing information on the different types of CBDCs. We'll be making a quick comparison between CBDCs versus Bit. And I'm also going to be discussing how you can merge open source with zero knowledge proof. Now, later on in the episode, when I'm going to be discussing news regarding UAE, I'll touch base upon this news once again. Now, going back to news regarding central bank digital currencies, what are your thoughts? Are you in favor of it? Or do you completely dislike it? Mention them in the comments below. Now, last week, guys, thanks to Sam Bankman Fried and FDX, the global crypto market had one of the worst weeks in its history and over $200 billion were wiped off from the global cryptocurrency market. But there were a couple of companies that are seeing a positive trend and these are to do with hardware wallets. So Treasure, Ledger and Trust Wallet have seen a drastic increase in the volume of sales and this is only because of FTX and Sam Bankman Friedman. So the whole notion of not your keys, not your crypto is staying relevant and cryptocurrency investors have been increasingly moving to self-custody with software and hardware wallets. And Telegraph has put up an article and in that article they mentioned that Treasure saw its sales revenue surge 300% week on week and it's still growing. And this is definitely brilliant for hardware wallets. Even Ledger, a major rival hardware wallet supplier, has recorded a significant surge in the demand for its device recently as well. And Decrypt, one of the leading publications, has mentioned that Trust Wallet token has sold 47%. And this is because Binance CZO, that is CZ, has been promoting self-custody solutions for quite a long time. And in that article, CZ did actually say that he'll be really content if its customers were to withdraw funds on Binance in their own self-custody wallet. And that is such a brilliant statement. And guys, CNBC has also put up an article which states that White Trust Wallet has spiked 75% over the last seven days. And guys, because of the FTX collapse, the general global crypto market and cryptocurrency investors have realized the threat of centralization. But once again, guys, my big question is, the experience that you get from hardware wallet, the experience that you get from decentralized exchange, is it 10 times better? Because I do very strongly feel that this might only be a temporary solution. And once again, guys, think of it. When was the last time you have changed your service? And if you have changed your service, the new service, was it 2 times better? Was it 5 times better? Or was it 10 times better? And what I do feel in the interim, there will be a lot of companies which will come up with solutions where you can still keep your funds with the cryptocurrency exchange and you will still be able to manage your cryptocurrencies. And I do feel that these new ideas will be focusing on insurance policies, will be focusing on customer service policies, and they will be aiming to touch the 10x improvement. Now guys, let's talk about some positive news, and this is to do with soccer. Now FIFA World Cup kicks in just a few days from now on the 20th of November. And with FIFA World Cup Qatar taking place, Binance has been making massive news in the cryptocurrency world and in the soccer world. And Binance has announced 
Cristiano Ronaldo, the greatest of all time, will launch the first NFT collection on the 18th, so that is just two days from now, and the new collection and the mystery box will be available on Binance.com. Now, if you're a soccer fan, and if you're a fan of Cristiano Ronaldo, you definitely need to check it out because the auction will remain open for 24 hours with NFTs being awarded to the highest bidder. And the bidding prices will start at 10,000 Binance USD for SSR that is super, super rare and 1,700 Binance USD for super rare. Now, if you're a football fanatic, I'm pretty much sure you'll be excited by this news. I wouldn't be surprised, guys, if this thing gets sold out in just a couple of minutes, probably one minute or less. The second news that Binance is doing regarding World Cup is they have a partnership with Chili's and Chili's mentioned via Twitter that they have partnered with Binance to welcome the upcoming World Championship and all you need to do is claim your NFT passport. So go to Binance's website and look for Bitcoin Football Fever 2022 because one million dollars worth of rewards and exclusive prizes are up for grab. And guys, follow me on LinkedIn and you can directly go to the link. So definitely brilliant stuff. And what are your World Championship predictions, guys? Mention them in the comments below. Is it coming home or will it be Germany? Will it be Spain? Or will it be Brazil that would be winning the World Cup? Or will it be Italy who would be scoring the World Cup once again? Mention your thoughts and predictions regarding the Football World Cup in the comments below. Now guys, let's talk about two news regarding UAE. But before we move on to two crypto and blockchain news regarding UAE, I have two news regarding obstacle course race in UAE. The first news is about Spartan Race and they have a massive event in December, the World Championship. And this is the second time they have the World Championship event in Abu Dhabi. And guys, I have a standalone episode with Spartan Race founder Joe Cena talking about Spartan Race NFT. And Sean, who's the chief technology officer, was also in the podcast. And Calvin, who's one of the OGs in the NFT space, was at the podcast as well. So we discussed from a business point of view, why did Spartan Race decide to go ahead and launch its NFT? What were the challenges? And quite a lot more. So please check out those episodes. It is a standalone episode talking more about NFTs and not so much regarding Obstacle Course Race. And the second message is also about Obstacle Course Race and my favorite one, that is Tough Mudder. And listen guys, I'm on a mission to do my 100th Tough Mudder. So check both the messages now. The first message is from Spartan. Now Spartan is a global fitness brand with 10 million strong community. They create transformational events, experiences, products and content to help people, companies and team tear down boundaries and expand what they believe to be possible. From day one, nearly two decades ago, They've been champions of human transformation and they live to help people get outside, eat healthy and develop habits that lead to a life of constant progress. With families of brands, they push people from every corner of the globe outside the comfort zone and immerse them in a world of tough fitness and elite sports. Now they do this because you can face and overcome adversity head on and your potential is limitless. Now this year in December, in Abu Dhabi, the land of gazelle, Thousands of athletes and spectators will gather at the metropolis in the desert to compete for Spartan immortality. This is a unique opportunity to watch the world's best obstacle course race athletes compete for world championship and have your group conquer the course themselves. The massive event takes place from the 2nd till the 4th of December this year. Now for Spartan World Championship, the ticket details and registration to the programs are mentioned in the links below. Now, if you are into running, if you are into adventure, 
And if you are in UAE, you definitely, definitely need to check this out. And the second news, guys, is about Tough Mudder. Now listen, guys, there are three things that I'm extremely passionate about. All three of them have some kind of similarity. That is heavy metal, Bitcoin, and obstacle course race. Now we've looked at the premier obstacle course race event, that is Spartan Race, which is taking place between the 2nd and 4th of December. But the next one that I'd like to discuss is Tough Mudder. Now Tough Mudder is unique, and I did my very first obstacle course race, that was Tough Mudder. And Tough Mudder obstacles are more fun, more adventurous, and it involves a lot of teamwork. And you can also use my promo code, which is George25, for a 25% discount. Now, if you are into running, if you are into adventure, if you are into obstacle course race, you definitely need to sign up for this event. So go to the website, toughmudderarabia.com, and you can also follow them on Instagram. The Instagram handle is toughmudderarabia. Now, guys, since you've taken care of that, let's look at two news from UAE. Now, in the month of December, I have in two events, and both the events are done by me on the 9th of December. The first one is an event called the Central Bank Digital Currencies, The Basics, Threats to Freedom and its role in the Metaverse. And the second event is Special or Analysis on Bitcoins. But let me give you information about the first event that takes place on the 9th of November. This takes place at 2 p.m. to 3.30 p.m. for standard time. So essentially, this session called the Central Bank Digital Currencies is broken down into two parts. And I'm going to be explaining the basics of Central Bank Digital Currencies the threat to freedom and its role in the metaverse. So it's going to be broken down into two parts, that is part A and part B. And in part A, I'm going to be explaining what is central bank digital currencies. We'll be looking at the history of central bank digital currencies. How do central bank digital currencies actually work? So essentially what happens is the central bank will be issuing the money, will be managing the money and will also be taking care of the supply of money. So I'll be explaining that at a very basic level, how does that thing work? We will look at the current state of CBDCs because lately I've been seeing quite a lot of news regarding central bank digital currencies. So we'll be exploring the different countries currently studying and working on CBDCs. And we'll also be discussing El Salvador's role in adopting Bitcoin as a legal tender and how did that impact the IMF stance on central bank digital currencies. And few months ago, I also talked about UAE planning to launch a central bank digital currencies and last month guys UAE was part of a multiple central bank digital currency project so we'll be exploring that also in the session and in part B guys I'm going to be discussing central bank digital currencies versus Bitcoin and RCBDCs a threat to freedom now listen guys a lot of the LinkedIn articles that talk about web 3.0 that talk about self-sovereign identity the big question is does CBDCs act as a threat to freedom? So we'll be exploring that and I'm going to be sharing my opinions and thoughts. We'll also be looking at the political implications of central bank digital currencies and something which I'll touch base in the next session that I'm going to be talking about. Because when you talk about politics, generally speaking, right-wing politicians are in support of Bitcoin, open source, freedom of speech and left-wing politicians not in favor of Bitcoin, open source, and freedom of speech. And when it comes to CBDCs, the right-wing politicians have strong resistance to CBDCs and vice versa. The left-wing politicians and left-wing ideologies are in favor of central bank digital currency. So we'll be talking quite a lot about that. We'll also be discussing China's role in CBDC. And we'll discuss the different types of CBDCs, that is wholesale CBDCs, retail CBDC, multiple CBDC. 
and quite a lot more. And I'm going to be talking about central bank digital currency's role in the metaverse. Now look guys, when it comes to metaverse, blockchain and cryptocurrencies unfortunately as of now has very limited use case but central bank digital currencies makes a perfect use case so far as medium of exchange and payment is concerned so i'm going to be sharing my opinions and thoughts now listen guys i am not a fan of cbdc's but they will make a perfect use case in the metaverse and guys what i'm going to be doing is on friday i'm going to be releasing an episode on central bank digital currencies and i did talk about it earlier in the podcast as well so I'm going to be sharing my opinions and thoughts. So the episode will be roughly around 40 to 50 minutes. And I'm going to be explaining how the central bank digital currencies work. So essentially the central bank will be creating, issuing, managing the supply of money. So it becomes easier to issue helicopter money and quite a lot more. And how will that actually work? How will individuals be able to claim the CBDCs? And what role will banks be playing? In central bank digital currencies and i'm also going to be sharing the different type of cbdc's and just to make it clear there are three different type of cbdc's that is retail cbdc wholesale cbdc's and multiple cbdc's and i'm going to be sharing my opinions and thoughts what would happen let's say if a central bank were to implement zero knowledge proof but while making the source code completely open and building it on an open blockchain such as Ethereum or EOS or Cardano and quite a lot of other and what impact will CBDCs have on stable coins and on RippleNet. So I'm going to be sharing my opinions and thoughts. So this session is completely free of cost and you can register it while you're Evenbrite and you can also drop me an email to info at blockchaindxp.com. So go to evenbrite.com guys, type in blockchaindxp.com and you'll get a list of events that I'm having in the month of December and I tend to do this session every month and the purpose is to educate the general mass on what is central bank digital currencies and how will it impact your day-to-day life. In the second session guys that I have on the 9th of December is special our analysis on Bitcoin. Now special our analysis stands for political, economical, social, technological, legal, environmental and religious analysis on Bitcoin and I tend to do this session every month and every month the topic keeps on changing based on the circumstances. Special R analysis allows a company or an industry or a country to form an impression of the factors that might impact a new business or industry. So we break down elements of Bitcoin at the macro level to better understand its impact and vice versa. So we will discuss each area in detail to get a better understanding of Bitcoin. So when we talk about politics, and if you've been listening to my podcast, I often ask this question. Is Bitcoin apolitical? You always need to remember, guys, that Bitcoin started as a movement towards separation of money and the state. Now, this might eventually happen, maybe a couple of decades from now. In the meantime, politics and politicians do have an impact on Bitcoin. So, I'm going to be sharing my opinion on how right-wing politicians and ideologies support Bitcoin and how left-wing politicians and ideologies are not in favor of Bitcoin and the other ones who are in favor of CBDCs and in UK how conservatives are in favor of Bitcoin and open source whereas Labour Party not so much. Now regarding economical factors we will be looking at is Bitcoin the global wealth redistribution we'll also be demystifying a couple of myths because if you ask a Bitcoin maximalist they would say that yes Bitcoin is a global wealth redistribution but if you look at the numbers how many people from Zimbabwe or African countries 
have been benefited by Bitcoin and how many people from first world countries like Canada, USA and UK have been benefited by Bitcoin and its adoption soon we'll be exploring that in detail and can Bitcoin change the dynamics of money we will discuss the inflation the exchange rate and quite a lot more now regarding social factors we will look at the social impact of Bitcoin and blockchain for generations to come and we'll discuss are millennials the one who are using Bitcoin or is it generation X is it generation Z or is it the early boomers who are into Bitcoin and we'll also talk about the social media impact on Bitcoin and quite a lot more now regarding the technological factors we will discuss the user experience of Bitcoin and the different forks of Bitcoin and in fact in yesterday's podcast guys I did talk about Bitcoin Cash one of the forks of Bitcoin that is planning to make it as a legal tender in one of the Caribbean countries and we'll look at the positive and the negative sides of that and we'll also talk about the taproot and small signature one of the biggest updates which has happened in Bitcoin which quite a lot of people are not even aware about now listen guys in Twitter if you see the red laser eyes that just means that you're in support for taproot and small signature and quite a lot of people who do have that as a profile picture are not even aware of what that resembles so we'll be talking about that We'll also be looking at the economies of scale for setting up mining operations. But because of the collapse of the price in Bitcoin, a lot of the miners are facing bankruptcy. So we'll be talking about that too. And we'll also be looking at the legal aspects of Bitcoin. That is, is Bitcoin legal? And where does the governance, regulations and legislations fit in? And what can governments do to support innovation and Bitcoin adoption? Now regarding the environmental factors, because of the ESG concern, we will be looking at the Bitcoin mining energy consumption and quite a lot more. We'll also look at the past, the current and the future state of environment impact on Bitcoin. And there is also this massive moment of switching Bitcoin from proof of work to proof of stake. And that's where I particularly do not like the Bitcoin mining council and quite a lot of other. Because historically, Bitcoin and open blockchain protocols have had severe allergic reactions to councils, associations and quite a lot more. And finally, we'll also be looking at the religious impact on Bitcoin and is Bitcoin truly a compliant and what are the religious factors and commonality in Bitcoin and how is Bitcoin seen in the Middle East and quite a lot more. So these sessions, I tend to do it every month and every month, I keep on updating these sessions and the sessions, guys, are completely free of cost. So that's all for today, guys, in the Captain Coffee Update from Blockchain DXB. In case if you have any feedback or suggestions, please drop me an email to info at blockchaindxb.com and check out my website that is www.blockchaindxb.com and also check out my other website that is area2071.com that talks everything about metaverse. And if you like listening to this podcast, please click on the follow button, give it a 5 star rating and share the word across. Now for the next few minutes, there's going to be an Ask Me Anything series where you listeners can ask any questions about Bitcoin, blockchain, beyond blockchain, cryptocurrencies, NFTs, DeFi and metaverse. So let's get started with the Ask Me Anything series. Hey everyone, this is George from Blockchain DXB. You're listening to the Ask Me Anything series where you listeners can ask any questions regarding Bitcoin, blockchain, beyond blockchain, cryptocurrencies, NFTs, DeFi, and Metaverse. And how the series of episodes on the Crypto and Coffee or Date works is we usually cover some top news and information pertaining to the price of cryptocurrencies, some major breaking news, occasionally short and sweet news as well. 
use that as an impact in the cryptocurrency world. The other two news and information is related to Dubai, UAE and Middle East in the world of Bitcoin, blockchain, beyond blockchain, cryptocurrencies, NFTs, DeFi and Metaverse. And what you're listening to right now is the Ask Me Anything series where you listeners can ask any questions from the cryptocurrency world. And I have a question by Charlene who asked a brilliant question. And the question is, are CBDCs Web 3.0? Now Charlene, this is a really interesting question. And unfortunately, at this point of time, because central bank digital currencies are still in works, my answer might change. So at this point of time, if you were to ask me the question, are central bank digital currencies Web 3.0? The answer is an upfront no. As a matter of fact, it is a massive threat to Web 3.0. Because when you talk about Web 3.0, there are very limited use cases. Now, what I would really recommend you to do is, Charlene, on Friday when I release the episode, I'll definitely touch base on this. And before you try to merge central bank digital currencies with Web 3.0, Web 3.0 has very limited use case. Now, I see a lot of LinkedIn profiles which say that, you know, they're talking about Web 3.0. They're talking about the biggest innovation. Listen, Web 3.0 is just hype and it has a very limited use case. When you talk about Web 3.0, one of the biggest use cases is the login details. So rather than using your email address, if you were to use your private key to log in, that is one area where Web 3.0 kicks in. A lot of them who talk that they are specialists in Web 3.0 are not even aware. But Charlene, the biggest problem with Web 3.0 is you need to remember in order to change from one protocol to another, there needs to be a 10x improvement. Now, switching from an email address to a private key is that a 10x improvement from a technological point of view? Yes, but from a user experience, I think you're going backwards. So, you know, I don't think that Web 3.0 is the future of technology. And people who talk about Web 3.0 truly don't understand the limited use case of Web 3.0. They talk about self-surveillance identity. And look, self-surveillance identity sounds great. But if you were to ask an average individual, do they actually care? I really am not sure if the answer is something that you might expect. And Ricardo Spani, who used to be the real maintainer of Monero, he often used to say that, you know, by 2018 and 2019, people are going to be focusing on privacy and privacy will be the main thing. But he has actually mentioned that he's surprised that people actually don't care about privacy. Now, we're talking about the FTX collapse in some awesome way linking it to Web 3.0. Unfortunately, the people who are talking about that don't really understand what Web 3.0 is. Now, to going back to your question, are central bank digital currencies Web 3.0? At this point of time, an absolute big no. Most likely, it will be a threat to Web 3.0. But if you're talking about, let's say, three to five years down the line, if central bank digital currencies were to implement zero-knowledge proof, if they were to make the source code completely open, if they were to build it on an open blockchain protocol, then we are talking about something called as Web 3.0. But darling, the biggest question is, why would a central bank do that? If a central bank wanted to do all those things, they may as well implement Bitcoin using Lightning Network. That would be a ready-made solution which already exists. And when you talk about the whole 10x improvement, Bitcoin using Lightning Network is definitely right up there. So I don't think that CBDCs are Web 3.0. At this point of time, I do feel 
that they are massive threat to Web 3.0. And what I'll try to do is, you know, Shalini, you've just given me an idea of Web 3.0. So most likely next week, I'll try to release an episode on Web 3.0. Now, demystify the myths about Web 3.0. And look, I do agree with Elon Musk, who did say that Web 3.0 is rubbish. And Jack Dorsey, who's a censorship king, also is not a fan of Web 3.0. And as much as I dislike Jack Dorsey, former CEO of Twitter, I have to say that Web 3.0 is just hype and it is just one way of getting funds for venture capitalists and hedge funds. And most likely, Charlene, I'm going to be explaining what Web 3.0 is and the limited use case of Web 3.0. And people don't realize that the word Web 3.0 was mentioned going back to 2014. And no one talked about Web 3.0 since the last few years. But ever since the NFT hype did die, people started talking about the whole Web 3.0 movement. So Web 3.0 is not a new thing and they are very limited use case but I'm most likely I'll do an episode and I'll share my thoughts and opinions on that. So that's all for today guys. If you ask me anything serious on blockchain DX me. In case if you have any feedback or suggestions, please drop me an email to info at blockchaindxp.com and check out my website that is www.blockchaindxp.com and also talk about my website that is early2071.com that talks everything about metaverse and if you like listening to this Please click on the follow button, give it a 5 star rating and share the word across. And remember guys, Monday to Thursdays, 8am to 8.30am we have Krypton Coffee at 8. Maybe cover topics and information pertaining to Bitcoin, Blockchain, Beyond Blockchain, Cryptocurrencies, NFTs, DeFi and Metaverse. And how the series of episodes in the Krypton Coffee at 8 works is, we usually cover some topics and information pertaining to the powers of Cryptocurrencies, some major breaking news, occasionally short and sweet news as well. News that has an impact in the Cryptocurrency world. The other news and information is related to Dubai, your EM Middle East in the world of Bitcoin, blockchain, beyond blockchain, cryptocurrencies, NFTs, DeFi, and metaverse. And this is followed by the Ask Me Anything series that you're listening to right now, where you listeners can ask any questions regarding Bitcoin, blockchain, beyond blockchain, cryptocurrencies, NFTs, DeFi, and metaverse. And guys, if you like listening to this podcast, please click on the follow button, give it a 5 star rating, and share the word across. Thanks so much for listening, and have a nice one. Bye bye.